This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery... Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Would you support gardening being commonplace in our schools if you knew it would improve your child's mental well-being? With one in eight young people suffering with a mental health condition, Could gardening be the answer to the healthy heads of a generation? Hello, I'm Kevin, and today I'm chatting to children's gardening author and patient advisor for the NHS, Annabelle Padwick. After struggling with her own mental health during her teenage years and into adulthood, Annabelle found that gardening was the one thing that made a difference. She now uses gardening to help primary and secondary age children overcome mental health and behaviour challenges. I started by asking Annabelle if it was fair to say gardening had changed her life. Without a shadow of a doubt, it changed my life. Without, yeah, without hesitation, it changed absolutely every every aspect of my life, from a mental health perspective, but also every aspect of my, my life now in terms of my career, my where I live, everything is all based on thanks to gardening and finding it. And so, yeah, I think what plants do and what seeds do are in, have the potential to do is incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's in- incredibly powerful, isn't it? It is. I'm, you know, I'm, I completely agree with you. And um, I've chatted to to lots of people that, um, well, actually, any gardener that you talk to will say how good gardening makes them feel, don't they? So, you know, everything you're explaining here is is that played out, but played out in a really, you know, serious and profound way. It's 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 fascinating yeah thank no it's, it's great and I'm very grateful for you sharing the story with us as well so you know thank you for that um you just mentioned oh you know my career 
um, you know, I wouldn't be, have the career that I, I have now if it weren't for gardening. So um, you, you briefly mentioned um, the life at number 27, of which you, you are the founder, you know, that is that is your thing, your baby. Yeah. Um, could you just tell me exactly what that is for anyone that's listening that might not be aware of it? What is the life at number 27? And I guess bringing this round to, you know, what we're talking about now, I'm, I'm really fascinated in, in how you help and work with young people and and children so I guess it's two questions really what, yeah. what's life at number 27 and how does it how does it relate to the kids that are out there yeah um so I suppose in terms of life number 27, as I said in 2015 it was just supposed to be a blog that was my mental health journey my allotment journey because I couldn't find anyone else that was in their 20s that was female that was didn't know what they were doing in an allotment. There wasn't a professional gardener, for example. I couldn't find anyone that I could relate to across social media or anything. So I thought, what if I can be that person someone else can relate to when they go online and see if I can change those? Because I was getting a lot of stereotypical comments of, oh, you're too young, or you don't know what you're, you're doing, you're not going to last, and a lot of judgment. And I thought, well, what if I can change that? Oh, yeah, a lot since, yeah, saying oh, you shouldn't be up here and stuff. So I thought, what if I can change that and also be someone that people can relate to? So it started as a blog, and then it gradually grew to a point where, as I said, I was a lot better. So I decided to turn it into a social enterprise, which is what it is now. I still do the blog. I keep it going as and when I can. But now it's all about providing gardening and wellbeing therapy programmes for children and adults um, that I never had. So it's a range of short-term and long-term programmes. In terms of the children, um, I hadn't initially planned for it to be children. I'd already, already... I initially thought about 21-year-old me when I was one of, one of my lowest points. It wasn't yeah. my total low point, but it was probably my other low point I had. And I thought, what if I can create a programme for her? Um, so it was that age group or adults. Um, and it wasn't until then I did a talk at Gardener's World Live a few years ago. And I was talking about the fact that I had this dream to create this organisation, what I, what I do now. And there was a little girl in the audience called Isabel, who at the time was eight, and she turned around and she was really upset in the crowd of me, and I was worrying about it, what had happened. But at the end, she came up and I spoke to her and she introduced herself. And I think what helped as well was she was an exact mini-me of me. She looked exactly like me me when I was eight. Wow. So it was that instant bond as well, and she was really upset. And And I said, are you okay? And she just said... I've never believed in myself and her mum was explaining that she struggles with a range of different difficulties um and she said you've made me believe that I can do anything whereas before I didn't believe I could um and then so then I that's incredible just to reflect on that for a minute I mean just from that that one talk at Gardeners World Live that that an eight as well I mean that's so young isn't it so young and that's that that's the yeah, that's what I really wanted. Well, that was the aim, well, not the aim of the show, but the aim was to get, I put my whole journey on a plate. It was as open as I, as I am. It's totally open. Everything was there. Um, but what I wanted to show was you can do something else. And that's what showed it. That's what how it showed her as well, was that actually she can take from being, not believing in herself to being on a place where you can stand on a stage in front of loads of people. Whereas before, when I was 21, I wouldn't even go out my front door. So I think that message just hit home with her. And she turned around and she, then she looked at me really seriously and she went, you've talked about the adult programmes. And I said, Jen, she went, well, what about me? <laughs> and I was brilliant. Good question. As an eight, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I turned around and was just like, um, and then within a second, I just went, 
I'll set a program up. I didn't really think about it. It just came out. Um, and then I decided I've got to do it now. So that's where I created the school programs so that there was something for her and her age range and primary and secondary school. So that's where the children came in. It was down purely down to, yeah, Isabel at Gardeners World Live who said to one, me, what about one, me? One young girl that made made asked a really, really profound question and yeah. made an impact. Yeah, incredible. Um, I mean, I... I I've got a 10-year-old daughter myself and, you know, I, I'm a mad keen gardener. Um, kind of goes with it goes with the job, doesn't it? Um, and I try to get her to garden with me. Um, and, of course, that's not appealing at all. She doesn't want to do that. Um, but, I mean, what, what do you find young people's reaction and approach to gardening is? I mean, is it, I mean, certainly when I was growing up, it wasn't a cool thing to be involved with. Where where does it sit now on the in the cool stakes, if you like, or you, you know, does the work you do not really sort of explore that? Um, to be honest with you, I don't think it is cool. I don't like. I don't think it is seen as a. I don't think it is seen as a cool thing. To me, it is. Like I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I, um, but I don't. I don't think it is seen as a cool thing, and I don't think we can make it. I think we try too hard sometimes to make it be a cool thing. Yeah, when actually we do. Teen, and it's and it's not. But it's making it relatable for the, for each age range that makes it fun. Yeah. Um, whether or not it's cool, I don't know, but it's fun, and that's what it's about um, for me. Um, and that's how, yeah, I think that's how you engage with the young people is make it relatable. So I for the children that. Are, eight years old, I'll do something totally different to what I do with a 15-year-old girl. Yeah. They're very different because it's about making it relatable to them, their current situation, and what will work. Um, but the transformations, as long as, you, as long as you make it relatable, then it works and it's incredible. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think we can try and make it cool. I think the more we try, <laughs> the more they're going to tell us it's not cool because we're adults and we're telling them it's cool. So it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the more I'm going to be that cringe dad, aren't I? That's, <laughs> that's trying to make my my lifelong passion into something uh, dead super cool. Okay, no, no, I, I I do get you. I get you. Um, okay, I'm um, I've, I've had a read up about some of some of the work you do, and something that uh, really caught my interest was your work around sort of anxiety and confidence issues. Um, yeah. Now. Um, how how prevalent is that amongst young people and how does gardening and the work that you you do with them help yeah so i think it's a lot more i don't want to scare people with stats and stuff like that but i think people naturally go mental health adults everyone's heard pretty much one in four adults struggle with mental health it's quite a a lot of people have heard about it but if you go to children, it's one in eight. By the age of 14, I've got a diagnosed mental health condition. Um, and then that just then goes to one in four. So it's huge in terms of the demand yeah. that's there, the amount of children that are struggling. And obviously at 14, which is a age range that I work with three days a week normally, that's such a crucial age. And a, to be honest with you, when I look back at when I was 14, it's a horrible age. Like, there's so much worry about everything. And what gardening does is it gives them a space where they have no judgment because they don't have to try and be something that they're not because it's in normally it's in their own private space. They can get it wrong. No one's going to say anything. 
And if they get it right, then it's a massive achievement. But it's not something, yeah, it can it can be something public that they share, but it also is something that can be kept as a secret that they don't need to tell everyone about, but could be massively helping them. And I think that's what's great about gardening is it's not, whereas other things can be great and they can be really helpful, they're more like you have to go somewhere and you have to be part of something. Whereas with gardening, you can do that. You could be part of a gardening club when as a kid, but you can also reap the rewards of it and enjoy it in your own little space and have that, yeah, safe space without any judgment, really. I think that's where I think it really helps. And it's just getting that, yeah, trying to engage with as many children as possible, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, um, what sort of children do you find that you're working with when when you're going into schools? Yeah, so normally it's within a school setting, but it's children that are either... It's either one-to-one or one-to-six normally. So I'll do a maximum of up to groups of six. But say, for example, a child, some children are better on their own for a load of different reasons. Some of them are better on their own, but then others it'll be a group of six. And that's especially if they're struggling with confidence and struggling to make friends or even interact with others. That's where then the group sort of situations help but normally it's definitely children that are struggling with low confidence low self-esteem and that can either come through as very quiet very reserved very hidden in themselves um that then leads to other mental health disorders um which then they but i then help them with as well on top of that so that could be further anxiety depression eating disorders self-harm all sorts of hosts of other things that that leads to or you've got the other side of things where people are struggling with actually the same struggles, mental anxiety, things like that, but they've gone the other way and they've gone to challenging behaviour and it's not understood that actually when pretty much anyone is showing challenging behaviour as a child, it's because they're trying to tell you something and they don't know how to explain it or they've had something's happened in their past which has led them to act like that. Um, it's never normally because they're naughty and they're just being a pain. Yeah. It's very rarely that. So I work with those as well and those that are at risk of exclusion. So it's working with them to actually find out what the core is underneath and give them that confidence back. Um, and it's all about I'm giving very, them achievable. I'm really inspired by this. I mean, I find, it, I find it incredible. I'm, I, I'm personally, I wouldn't know where to start with that kind of work. So I, I find it really, really inspiring. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. So I take my hat off to you. Thank you. Uh, um could you could you give me an example of some of the things that you you do with with you know with children or or young people of of either either age really I mean I'm I'm guessing or or perhaps wondering that it's maybe quite tailored dependent on the individual or or not I don't know it so yeah it it's very tailored depending on the age group um and then sometimes if I'm doing a one-to-one that pre- it pretty much goes out the window, the whole thing. I have an idea in my head, but sometimes it will come down to, here's a load of things, what do you want to do? And as long as they pick one of them, especially, so for example, so some, some that are autistic and things like that, some prefer to know what they're doing. Others actually, they could be in a different mood every single time. So I've got to be adaptable and have enough up my sleeve that they're going to pick something that they're going to find interesting. But I think in terms of activities, we do the digging, the weeding, the sowing of the seeds, those things that you might expect. Um, But then I also do things, so with the teenage girls, I get them making their own lip balms, their own body scrubs, their own um, fragrance sprays, which is a lot more appealing. So if I turn around on one of the sessions and say... It is, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So if I turn around and go, right, you're going to make your own lip balm, 
they're all engaged within two seconds. And then I go, okay, but first you've got to learn everything about the medicinal properties of plants. You've got to learn how to extract the oils from the plants. And then you get to make your own bespoke one and you can pick exactly what sort of blend and medicinal properties you want in your own balm. So they get to do it, but it's making gardening, yeah, in a different, interesting, in a different way. And as I said, making it relatable. Um, with the weed, with the digging and the weeding, um, in terms of stories, there's quite a few, yeah, it's quite interesting in terms of make, going back to that, making it cool as well. Because I've said to the, so I've worked with groups of girls, and you say to them that are like 13, 14, right, we're going to go outside and we're going to do some weeding. The looks they give me, I can you imagine. can imagine, right? You can like you can imagine what they're trying to say through their eyes at me, um, and I can feel it. I know exactly what they wish they could turn around and say to me. Um, and I go outside and I go right. We're going to do it. And some of them will get stuck in whether that's because they want to or they just feel like they they're just going to want to get it over and done with. Others will literally just stand there and refuse to do anything, um, which is fine. I just carry on and I carry on digging and I carry on weeding. And I'll do what I'm doing. And then I had one child who turned around to me as I was, I just left them to it. They were watching everyone else and they turned around and then turned to me and went, I've got it. And I went, what do you mean you've got it? And she went, I understand why you're getting me to do this now. And she went, I'm just going to think of all the people I hate. And within seconds, then she's <laughs> yanking all these weeds out, pulling them all out. And I went, you've got it. It's a stress reliever. That's for them. That's what it is. It's trying to get them to see the weeds as negativity in their life. Negativity pops up where we don't want it to, and we can't choose. Sometimes we have to remove it, and it and it surprises us when we don't like it to be there. None of us really like weeds popping up. What an incredible leap for a teenager to make, though, and realise yeah. and understand that. You know, I mean, that's that's amazing, actually, isn't it? I mean, it, you you wouldn't naturally think that, but obviously they were processing that internally and and realized what good it could do yeah because I think in weeks before so in weeks before I'd made them sit there with a bulb in their hand and I'd made them go how is that bulb like you so I get them I get them doing some weird things but like they have to then understand how the bulb is like them so they they learn that I will get them to do slightly weird things but it clicks and then it makes sense um yeah and so then when, yeah, so when she realised that, all of a sudden she's there pulling out the weeds, going left, right and centre. And then you've got others that who would not get involved at all and were doing the digging. And then all of a sudden they've gone from a challenging behaviour who normally would not even step in a classroom, is swearing at teachers, is being very challenging, let's just say. And all of a sudden they're with me and they're naming worms and they're putting them together and they're collecting them up. Um, and to see... It's hard, for me, actually, it's quite heartbreaking. It's brilliant, but it's also quite heartbreaking to suddenly see that child actually regress back to a child and just be allowed to be a child without any of that, all that judgment, all that pressure to be something that they have disappears and they just go back to being a kid and playing and yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm particularly interested in uh, the work that you're doing with um, secondary age uh, young people. I mean, I think for me, I can, I can imagine and perhaps relate more to how I might engage with primary school age children, particularly because that's the age of my of my own daughter. Um, but for me, it, it sort of it feels like quite a tough ask to keep to keep <laughs> teenagers engaged and interested. I mean, you've talked quite a bit about the stuff you do with them, but I mean, how commonplace is that? And I mean, do you ever see anyone that you know you think? 
I can see that spark. I can see that they've got it. And I actually think one day they might really like gardening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Has that has that ever happened? Do you think, you you know, some of them might get the bug one day, as it were? I really hope so. Obviously, yeah, it's not seen as a cool thing to like to, to, to be no. like to do. But it... <laughs> But it, they make. It, I do get them looking at garden design, so they have to design their own garden. They have to do all these other aspects of it as well. So to get them into just thinking about that, garden design could be a potential career as well, because they half of them don't know what they want to do, but they're meant to decide what they want to do at that age. So it's trying to just spark that interest in them and getting them to yeah learn. And I suppose with teenagers, it is. It's the toughest possible thing. There's no other teenage pro like program like what I do for teenagers. There's a lot for adults and there's lot that are slightly different but there's horticultural therapy programs for adults there's a lot in terms of children primary school age they sometimes do gardening in primary schools and things like that but there's nothing really for teenagers especially one in terms of gardening and two in terms of well-being support um so I think that was why I thought I know it's the toughest audience and it's going to be the most challenging so a lot of people go why bother but then I went do you know what if I get it right it's the most rewarding and it's where I can have the biggest impact. Because you think if I can help a child at that age, I am helping them at, through a point where they can go one way or the other, especially at that point in their lives when they're going through the difficulties, they're going to go one way or the other. If I can help them stay on the right path and give them the confidence and the skills to understand how to make their own decisions, how to talk and be open about how they're feeling on what they want then that could lead them down the right path instead of the wrong path. And whether or not they pick up gardening as a career or whether they have it as a little hobby that they pick up again when they're an adult, I think they'll always have that emotional connection to it forever. Um, so I hope that they pick it up, especially, yeah, when they when you see the transformation after nine weeks, they know that transformation. So even if they go off it and they do something, they'll always come back to it and remember it and maybe go, do you know what, when they're struggling, they might go think, oh, that's what I did then and that helped yeah. they'll pick it back up again um and that's my ask from it is that they yeah. that's what I really hope is that they do that yeah no I, I understand um just thinking about anyone that's listening that might have children in their household at home um you know is 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 there anything any wisdom that you could share about how people could use their own gardens at home to um to help or benefit their their own kids i think take it i think naturally it's just be open i think that's what i try and encourage everyone i speak to to do is in terms of just being open about your own personal journey that's my thing with the kit with the with everyone i work with is they learn over the nine weeks they learn every detail of my life good bad ugly um and I answer, they ask me the weirdest questions and the rule is I answer them and I'd be totally honest um, because otherwise that's how I make myself relatable to them. Um, if I am, oh, I've never had anything bad happen and I don't share it with them or I'm like, oh, I can't talk to you about that, then they'll automatically do the same because that's what happened to me. Um, so it's about being open and actually saying if we've struggled or we've struggled in the past, telling them about that. In terms of gardening, I think it's so important we try and give them their own space and totally their own space. So even if you're somebody and you've got... Some people are very they're not they're quite relaxed about the gardens. You've got other people that are... It needs to be all structured. It needs to be all looking the same. It needs to be very <laughs> uniform. And then I go, give your, give your child their own space. And they look at me absolutely horrified. 
But I think it's so important and actually, and they can do whatever they want in that space. And that's how it works with my adult side. They can do whatever they want in their own space. They can grow what they want, however they want. My only rule with them is they don't use weed killer, but they can do what they want in it. Um, as long as they just give it a go. And I think that's what's so important is, yeah, if you give them their own space, it gives them control back as a child Children don't have much control or ownership of anything in their life. They're told what to do, how to behave pretty much most of the time. Whereas with that little bit of space, that's theirs. They can do whatever they want. They can create fairy stories or adventure stories or they can just grow yeah. vegetables in it. But Or they can just turn it into a big muddy kitchen. But just let them have it and have no criticism over it, whether they're making See, a mess or not. It's fascinating and this is, is very telling with me and how I've been gardening and and. Uh, a gardening with with my daughter because I've been she has got her own little space but I have been trying to uh, teach her how to garden it properly and how I would garden it and how to um how to make it look good essentially and you know and feel like it's part of the garden and actually it sounds like I could have got that completely and utterly wrong so <laughs> um that's given me something to think about for sure I think it's just about yeah allowing them to to do it how they want to do it. Yeah. Um, and whether that it makes it look pretty or not, it doesn't actually... It's, people won't like it, but it doesn't actually matter. It's allowing them to just be creative and play. And if they want to grow different things that look different colours, then then that's great. And if it doesn't go with the rest of your garden, then sorry, you can blame me. But I think it <laughs> it's about giving them the scope to yeah. believe in themselves and play and show themselves and show their own personality. But, yeah, sorry. No, no, no! Don't worry at all. It's it's it's, it's why we're chatting, isn't it? I find it I find it completely yeah. fascinating. Uh, you told me, you know, as as we've been talking, you've you've mentioned a couple of examples of of how you've helped people or, or young people, um, you know, and, and talked about group work and individual work and responding to specific needs. But is there? Can you think of you know anybody that has? particularly made an impact that you know you you that sticks in your mind of of someone that you really feel um gardening has, has made a difference to um so yeah I think well I suppose not in terms of the problems but I think in terms of having a big impact I have to come back to Isabel at eight at Gardeners World Live because without her being open and talking about her struggles openly with me at the at a gardening show because she came to the show because she gardened with her grandma and so she came to the show and it happened to be that she was there. So I think that obviously helps her. Um, in terms of the programmes, yeah, we've got, like I said, the girl that, with the with the weeding and her friends and things like that. And there, I've had, worked with one individual who told me, I was told at the beginning, I'm always given a bit of information about each child at the beginning, but normally I don't read it. I normally put it to one side and I'll read it after the first one because there's always, obviously, there's always something that comes alongside them, whether it's their needs or whether it's how the teachers perceive them or something. And I don't want to know any of that, to be honest. I just want to get to know no. them myself. So I had one child and I was told, I was pulled to one side and just went, just to let you know, this child does not speak to anyone. She doesn't speak to teachers. She won't speak to other students. She doesn't speak to anyone. So my head, it was a group of six. She was one of them. And I thought my challenge for that nine weeks was to get her to talk to at least one person. But she didn't know that. But that's what I created as my own personal challenge. Yeah. By the end of it, she was talking to everybody. Including, wow, she started off talking just to me one-to-one. -one, and she would just say something really, really quietly. And then by the end of it, she was talking to absolutely everybody. And that's the impact of it 
between a mixture of the gardening and I do a bit of talking for talking work in there as well but that's the impact of it is if you can get a child from going from not talking to anyone and the teachers are telling you that uh, they're having a conversation with seven people including an adult that they've never met before previously yeah I mean incredible and and gardening played an enormous enormous part in that I I'm you know I'm not saying it's the only thing by by any stretch but it had a real impact didn't it which is yeah. in, incredible yeah absolutely yeah. it's just making it about making it relatable as I said it's about making it relatable so we're looking at seeds we're looking at seeds being dreams seeds of hope seeds of the future and when they grow it builds that confidence and we create dream catchers using willow that I've harvested so it's looking at dreams and what they want to, what they want their future to be and then you're looking at weeds and removing any negativity and allowing space for new friends and maybe they have to get rid of some of those friends that they've got around them that are negative negative and allowing space for new friends and new people and making those decisions about what they need in their life weeds or beautiful plants in that sort of sense to enable them to grow and to thrive in life going forwards. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, okay, we're we're getting close to the end of our time. I'm sorry to say, but um, before before we finish, um, I wondered if you could just uh, tell me how people can find out more about you and and life at number twenty seven. I mean, I'm sure lots of people will be fascinated to to learn more. And then I, I'm interested to know what you think is next for children and gardening really I mean I think you've got quite a a unique perspective into how it's helping young people and can help young people and you know what what do you think is around the corner yeah so in terms of where to find me on what I'm doing um I'm on Twitter Instagram Facebook um with at life at number 27 or some of them you can search on instagram you can search my name so have a look on those then the main website is www.lifeatnumber27.com so all the information about every single program fundraising volunteering all of it is on the website so have a look at that and also all the blogs so i write a lot of content for children and also for parents on the blog as well so there's always constant advice coming out on there for people to have a look at stuff um in terms of what's next um I would love for it to become mainstream and I mean like all age mainstream but I think it is when it comes down to funding because I think it is fun like guiding with children and in schools and stuff like that is fun but to make it have a big impact is what we need to make it have an impact it's got the chance to have a big impact if we do it right so it's all about yeah trying to get teachers to understand and also people to go in because the teachers they I suppose they bring me in so it's having the funding to enable people like me to come in and make it more mainstream because ideally I would have a me in every single school in the UK if I could that's my personal goal wouldn't that Um, be incredible that's my personal goal it just purely comes down to funding because the schools can only afford funding for children that are already diagnosed as struggling and it takes a year for children to potentially to be diagnosed and to get just to be diagnosed let alone to get any support so that's where I always leverage back to the industry and say actually yes we can get more children into gardening and have more fun and growing seeds and just being loved in the garden but actually we also if we really go for it we can have a massive impact on their future and actually get more people emotionally attached to gardening and into the industry in terms of garden design and maybe you never know hopefully they might be doing shows and stuff themselves and doing show gardens at Gardeners World Live in years to come and they can leverage it back to the industry and what we've enabled them to achieve. Great, great. Well, 
thank you. I mean, I have. I feel like we've just skimmed the surface of this <laughs> this topic. I feel there's so much more we could explore and talk about with with gardening and, and children and young people, but um, we are we are out of time. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll finish there. But thank you. It's been fascinating and incredibly inspiring. It really has. And um, I'm very grateful for you for you giving your time. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Yeah. As you know, it's just for me, it's all about getting the message out there. It's, as you said, it's my baby. Um, there's no, you put it perfectly. It means the world to me. And it's, yeah, trying to just help as many people as possible and celebrate plants for the amazingness that they are. So, yeah. And what's not to like about that? So. Exactly. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. So, if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And we'll see you next time.